Let's give love to our sponsors, Tech East Fire and Water Restoration, your best way back to normal, TEFirewater.com. Shout out to the boss over there, Mike Corda. If you're a fan of the Albany Empire, there he was on the stage lifting up the NAL trophy. So if you want to continue to support local teams and local businesses, the place for you is Tech East Fire and Water Restoration, your best way back to normal from flood damage, water damage, mold in your home. Who do you call? Again, not the Ghostbusters. It's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Check them out on their Facebook page, TE Fire Water, where Levac and Gaz, myself, my co-host Jeff Levac, broadcast shows live on location. Thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Save their number in your phone, 518-915-1062. Again, 518-915-1062. They are open 24 hours a day if you need to call them. Located on Central Avenue if you want to stop into their spot. So you can find out about all the things that need to happen for you to be prepared when damage may be coming to the place where you live. Work with people that you want to have in your corner when something you didn't plan on happens. It's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Again, your best way back to normal. Proud sponsors of Travin, Rigney, Godzilla Media, and more. Continue to support them. Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal. TEFireWater.com. And let's give love to our guys over at John Stone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue. Stop over. Give him a call. 518-272-5922. Heating, air conditioning, ventilation. You're looking to make a change in your home today. The place for you is Johnstone Supply in Troy. Check him out online as well. Johnstonesupply.com. Right now, how about the great deals going on for the Fujitsu Duckless Splits Energy Saving Ultra Low Temperature Models. You stop in, you talk to the crew, whether it's Tom or James or Kevin or Rob. Talk to Tom about his fantasy football team and how he's going to get his butt kicked by Trav, Rigney, Gaz, and everybody else in Godzilla Media. Do that. Just walk in and say, Tom, your fantasy football team stinks. And then ask about the J-Series VRF systems that are now even more efficient and that have that flexibility for you. And also, right now, Westinghouse, made by Fujitsu for that more basic, cost-efficient option for your home. Whatever it might be, heating, refrigeration, the tools, the instruments, the indoor air quality that you need for your home, the place to make that upgrade, the place to make that change, to work with the professionals at John Stone Supply in Troy. One more time for the number, 518-272-5922. Pull up the contacts, 518-272-5922. John Stone Supply in Troy. Now, let's get into this episode of Football on the Know. Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome once again to another episode of Football on the Know. I'm Jim McPhee, and alongside of me is Mr. Joe DeCapita. Welcome back, Nodals, for another edition of Football on the Know Show. We are ready to go. We are in the midst of preseason right now. There is a game going on right as we speak, I believe. The Patriots and the Eagles are playing tonight. Unfortunately, Jalen Mills is not going to be there due to illness. Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes, <laughs> there could be Mills around as well, but uh, and he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. so no, he's uh, sick. So, all right, thanks for joining us here tonight. We're really amped up. We're excited to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, we had to postpone last night because of some other things that we were doing. Uh, but we're here Thursday, yeah. special Thursday edition. Mm-hmm. We're still pumped because our local team for the Arena League, the Albany Empire, we were there at this on the sidelines, partying with everybody, and yeah, watched the whole game. It was intense. They Definitely. are champions and AL champions. We're excited for them uh so pleasure with yeah. having you guys with us here congratulations tonight. albany empire yeah we really really uh it was it was an amazing uh, experience for us it was a great game back and forth in the third quarter it was like tied 50 50 mm-hmm. and then albany empire just pulled right away they made some adjustments on defense really shut down uh the columbus lions and then just took the game over from that point on really want to do a, a sh- quick shout out right here thank you to the team president that allowed us to be there uh jeff levac uh, definitely was very cool, calm, collected through the whole, despite what he had to go through behind closed mm-hmm. doors, uh, but did a terrific job nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Let's give him a round of applause. Yes. Jeff Levac, that's right. Jeff Levac, baby. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, league, um, team president, thank you so much for joining us here. So we're excited. Uh, we're wrapping up our biggest questions here now. We're going to combine... Now the AFC and NFC South here, biggest questions we're, together. Yeah, we're definitely um, doubling up here. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to wrap them all together just so we can knock them out. And then next week, and we have two more weeks, and then the, the season's getting started, Joe. Yes, sir. So we're going to be doing our, our picks, you know, of the divisions pretty soon here for the next two weeks and a lot more to come, a lot of uh, exciting stuff before the league gets started. So let's kick it right into uh, high gear here. Let's look at uh, the AFC South and the uh, Houston Texans here. Joe. They're still a team? Yeah, somehow. Yes, yes, apparently right now. They're in shambles right now, so (laughs) who knows? Maybe they will be... Uh, they're kind of like the replacements out there, you know. Where's Keanu Reeves and stuff? Exactly, out there? You know, he right? Could be playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's uh, Shane Falco? You know what I mean? That's what we need. <laughs> That's, right. That's what we need. We need Shane Falco <laughs> to step up and be the Houston Texans quarterback. And we talk about quarterbacks. Uh, should the Texans actually be looking for their next franchise quarterback at this point? Uh, and there has been a lot of speculation. The the whole jury, the whole court trial that's going on with Deshaun Watson is still happening as we speak. Uh, there, you know, the indictments were out, the charges are all out there, and we're still waiting and sitting on our hands to find out what's going to actually be the end result, the final decision, and what have you. Same thing with everybody else, too. The Texans are still waiting to, to hear back from, you know, is Deshaun Watson going to be available, available to them for this season, even? Uh, does Watson, even if he is, you know, if all the charges happen to be dropped, which there's a lot of charges... Um, if that was to happen, we'll just say best case scenario for Deshaun Watson. Charges are dropped. NFL gets it now. Now it's the NFL's hands. Do they suspend him now? Because even though he uh, maybe went through, was proven innocent, because he went through that whole court trial, do they give him a suspension? I don't think they, they should or will. Uh, and if that's the case, now we're right back to where we started. You know, will Watson put a helmet on for the Texans and play for them? We know that he's expressed, you know, v- much displeasure with with the the organization and does not want to play for them wants to be traded asked for a trade and for the longest time texans were saying no 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 to all these other teams calling them and now it seems like they're open to suggestions they're open to maybe even having a conversation of possibly trading deshaun watson now let's just say for example they do decide to do that you already know that if they make this decision and Watson is dead set 
does not want to play for him no matter what, even if they try to keep him on the roster. They are going to be forced to look for their franchise quarterback. They are going to be forced to find the next guy that can be their answer for the future. And they're going to have to probably wait till the draft. That, that, honestly, that, that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, right now, they're going to probably have to use some bubble gum and duct tape for the for this season. Uh, we know that they got Tyrod Taylor, who all reports at a training camp, they're saying they love him, they, that he's learned the offense fairly quickly. He's running the offense uh, very well. And it looks right now that Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for at least this season. But going past this season, I think they really need to do to set their sights on possibly going to either draft or trade or whatever for their next quarterback. Right, and they're going to have to deal with whatever they deal with this uh, season. But again, this uh, upcoming uh, free agency I think they go and grab that stopgap quarterback, and yeah, let's take a look at the draft and see what uh, is available there uh, to move forward. But again, grab that stopgap kind of guy if Deshaun Watson is no longer on this team. Right, and here's the other thing, too, is there's quarterbacks that they could possibly trade for right now Mm -hmm. to, I understand it's it's really too close for the season for them to to bring them in and be like, oh, you're the starter. They got to learn the offense, too. They got to learn all the the checks and balances in, in their offense and what have you, but uh, a guy that, that his name has been thrown around is Gardner Minshew, uh, a guy who is apparently right now the Jaguars have said that this is a quarterback competition over there mm-hmm. uh, for the Jaguars between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Now, come on, let's be honest. The number one overall pick, I understand you you, you put it out there like, hey, there's competition, but really we all know that in the end, Trevor Lawrence will be the guy, uh, and Minshew is going to be available. So mm-hmm. he's a guy that if they believe – could come in and we've seen him have some success as a starter you know he even had like five games straight where he was he was uh, you know had all wins as it was five and oh really nice now if if they were if they really believe in him like the Jacksonville Jaguars did at one point they could bring him in maybe you know have him learn the system when he's comfortable then put him out there let's see what happens but uh, a lot of different avenues that they could go for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He was there, too, before Urban Meyer was in there. Urban Meyer has made a lot of questionable moves throughout once he got, he's gotten here. So <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he does something like that and moves on from Gardner Minshew. And, and that, it allows them to get even some compensation for him as well. Why not? I mean, we saw right. the uh, Washington football do, team do it with Kirk Cousins before when they had RG3 and Kirk Cousins. Now, at this point, now hindsight's 2020, it looks yeah. like they maybe should have held on to Kirk Cousins and moved right. on from uh, uh, RG3 originally. Yeah, so. and, and that's the thing too is is uh the whole tim tebow situation yeah i heard uh some news about that Mm -hmm. the reason why he was signed in the first place Mm -hmm. wasn't because urban meyer yeah they were buddy buddy and and everything but get this tim tebow is four or five games away yes from having a pension from the nfl Mm -hmm. and that's the real reason why he hired him was that if he was able to to make the team if Mm -hmm. first he had to make the team and if he play if if he was just on the team for four to five games then he would receive a, a full-fledged NFL pension for the rest of, of his retired career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was kind of doing a, like a small-time favor to him. But it, w- w- what's really amusing is that Urban Meyer brings him in and says, wait, this is what I'm getting? That's not, no, yeah, not going to yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, when, when people got to see it on national television, in the route running that he was doing and stuff, Listen, and the missed block. It's, it's uh, one thing if he was going to be just a receiving mm-hmm, tight end, mm-hmm. But, you know, as a tight end, you do have to do some mm-hmm. kind of blocking. Mm-hmm. And he was just 
terrible at it. Absolutely. So I'm right, focusing right. on the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, what other questions do you have about these guys? I mean, there's, there's a lot, yeah. I guess. But I mean, I mean, you could just you, you can know, bring up a lot. You could have but, a, uh, <laughs> you could just but pick the biggest ones, you know, without uh, being but, yeah. terrible. <laughs> but my next question I had was, what kind of offense could we possibly expect with or without Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we all know that they brought over David Cully, who has been a longtime assistant of the Ravens, of a couple other uh, organizations. And is now finally getting a shot to be a head coach, which mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Like you're going to hire a guy straight from being like an assistant coach to straight up to a head coach. That's a little perplexing to me. Uh, so <laughs> it could p- quite possibly be. Uh, but that's the thing is they got a, a, a different, completely different staff. So there's going to be a different offense. So. What I expect, whether they had, whether it's Tyrod Taylor at, at the helm or Deshaun Watson does decide, hey, you know what? Okay, I've been through the court thing. I want to play. And then he decides to play. I really believe that this is going to be more like uh, what we've seen with Baltimore because uh, that's, that's the last organization, organization he was with for a long, uh, you know, extended amount of time. He learned under uh, the coaching staff over there, under John Harbaugh and company. So I, I kind of expect it to be kind of heavy running and that and that's maybe be, Run, and maybe Run! that's the reason why we witnessed all the uh, free agent running back signings now yeah, they got exactly. like four uh, starting quality running backs in the backfield now uh, it, it, it just kind of with, with seeing where they went in free agency and the draft and they didn't have hardly any draft picks but mm-hmm. uh, seeing how that what they were able to accomplish uh, in the offseason tons of running back help they have a, an offensive line that's still being worked on, and really like not a, not a uh, you know not an enormous amount of wide receiver help. So you, it, it's how could you not think that it's going to be a heavy run scheme? Maybe where they use jet sweeps, maybe where they they kind of mix it up with with the quarterback because Tyra Taylor is a mo- another mobile guy. Mm-hmm. What he's not as fast like Lamar or as dynamic in, in the running game, but he still could handle that. You know, jet sweep, option plays, hand the ball off, dump the ball off, whatever you need him to do. So I think that's kind of what we're going to see more or less. Yeah, I agree with you here, too, because, again, when you take a look at their wide receivers, you get Brandon Cooks, who's been passed around a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, Nico Collins, who they end up drafting in the, in the uh, third round, he is penciled yeah. in right now as their starter. And then Chris Connolly and, uh, and, and uh, Anthony Q-Q-T. Miller, too, the guys that have – you know, have been liked by a lot of other coaches, expect a lot of good things from them, uh, but nothing that really blows you off the page. Similar to what I guess what you were saying, like Baltimore Ravens were like a year or two ago. Right. Uh, minus the team not having a good defense like the Baltimore Ravens did. So, I mean, that's what you're going to be taking a look at with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I, I guess, question for this team is, what what's the ceiling you're looking at here for this mm-hmm. for this team? Uh, what, do you, what, are, what are fans <laughs> expecting out of this team uh if Deshaun Watson will not be playing you're looking at Tyrod Taylor who's been a serviceable a serviceable uh quarterback for this league mainly with Buffalo he did really well over there but it's been a few years since uh so how is it going to uh be for them and like you said strong on the running backs they if they keep all these guys or a few of them here they have a, a good mix of everybody and also you bring up Mark Ingram former Baltimore Raven too as well right here with this team in the mix um that is I think where they will be leading Absolutely, and, and and the the other thing too is, this team you can't expect a whole lot of. We've been through pretty much everything you can be as an organization in, in terms of disappointment the last couple of years. 
So last two off seasons, what happened? You know, Bill O'Brien ends up trading away the be- one of the best receivers in the game and DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts and David Johnson. You know what I mean? Uh, and they just gets rid of him. It really upsets his quarterback. And now this offseason, dealing with all these guys leaving with, via free agency, your contracts expire and, and so forth. And now you have a situation with your own quarterback that your franchise quarterback, one, doesn't even want to play for you. And two, has to go through this whole court process, which doesn't guarantee that he'll even be ready to, to come back and play right away this season. Right, and a guy who played so well, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, probably could have been the league's MVP last year, the way he was playing. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's a big thing not to have to where even the one question I might ask is, is this the worst uh, Houston Texan team ever in the franchise? So, I mean, you think back when they uh, had, uh, yeah. you know, uh, David Carr and some of right. those other guys, they also they had, Andre, had you know, Andre Johnson as well. You know, uh, Adrian, Adrian Foster. Foster was there too. So a lot of different good so players on good, here. But yeah. uh, this team could be struggling this season. All right, so we've got Mike Tackett in the house with us tonight. What's going uh, on, he's Mike? In the house. He says the question is here. Uh, who takes on that beefy contract Watson has? If he gets convicted, does that void his contract? Who does Houston pursue with that money? See, now here's the, here's, here, here's the thing about the – it's kind of like a multi-question here. Uh, so we have – so what? who's going to take on that contract? It's going to only obviously be teams that can work a deal that way. Uh, now, mm-hmm. for, for teams that could possibly take on a contract to that magnitude – the Colts were have been uh, able to be able to do so. The Jets were able to do so before they drafted a quarterback. You know that's not going to happen now. Well, right uh, now, also, if you take a look at it, who yeah. has cap space enough, yeah. guys that were looking for quarterbacks mm-hmm. and, and teams that have been brought up right. in this conversation, the Denver Broncos have $28 uh, million in cap space. Not here. enough. So, yeah, that's, well, that's what they have. Here's it would my have thing. to be the Jaguars. Here, here's my they thing. They have a quarterback. Denver could do it. If they'd have to restructure Denver it. Denver could do it. They'd have to get rid of Von Miller. Yeah. Because that's a huge contract mm-hmm. of theirs. Mm-hmm. And, and we already know mm-hmm. this is his last year. They could yeah. possibly. They that were, could be part. That was one of that, our questions. For that the right there for the could be part of that trade. Right. Where they would trade Von Miller to Houston. Mm-hmm. They take on his contract. Deshaun Watson comes over. And then uh, Denver would have to give one, two first rounders, maybe three first round. I mean, who knows what, what they would end up with. But definitely two first rounders and Von Miller. That might be and suffice who knows, enough. Maybe they throw in one of those quarterbacks that they have that are competing right now. I mean, Drew Locke, you know, still young, still could be turning into something. Maybe he throw yep. him on the back yeah, end they could too do on that. this whole deal. Or Just Teddy like, Bridgewater. Or, or, you know, you know, I mean, whatever. whatever. So, you know, so that could be part uh, of it. And then the other part of it is, you know, if he does get convicted of, of the um, – of the uh, crimes or whatever mm-hmm. that are that are put up against him, uh, does that void his contract? That's going to be based on what Houston wants to do here. Because let's just say that that does in fact happen. Now Houston has the power that they could say that this is detrimental to the team, and because it's detrimental to the team, we're voiding your contract. You know what I mean? Because then uh, they gotta they gotta think to themselves like, can we actually get any value now for trading him? Can we? Are we going to be able to trade him now that he's convicted? There's going to be plenty of teams that like, oh, man, we could get to Sean Watson. But, yeah, but he just got convicted of, you know, domestic violence and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can really – do we really want to do that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, that's going to not only dr- dramatically hurt his trade value uh, for whatever team it would be interested, but also he could be quite possibly be a free agent. 
Because if Houston does see that as uh, detrimental to the team, that could give them, you know, cause enough to void his contract, not have to pay him any guaranteed money, and not have to pay him the rest of his contract at all, and then he's just a free agent. Then you also got to remember, too, if he is convicted, the NFL now is going to definitely suspend him. How long? We would have to wait and see because we've seen the NFL be up and down with all these different suspensions. So um, I would hope that if he is convicted, then he does get uh, the book thrown at him, so to speak, with suspensions because uh, you can't be beginning convicted of domestic violence and getting away with it scot-free or at least like a slap on the hand. Oh, yeah, inappropriate gestures here at the massage uh, parlors and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, good old Robert Kraft? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That guy got away with slap on his hand, too. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on now to the Indianapolis Colts here, Joe. Uh, There's a few questions, I think, along with this team as well because uh, certain injuries that were happening uh, to them, well, especially with the the quarterback Carson Wentz. And what we're hearing now is it's not as bad as it might have looked initially. And so he'll be back sooner than than expected. And they are going to be working with these two uh, quarterbacks that they have as the backups and they like them both. So they aren't going to be uh, venturing out for another quarterback, (laughs) which is pretty much what we had said, though, too. They were going to stick with what they had. Maybe it came down to it before Mm -hmm. the season started. Now, Now, the only change that would happen is if he was absolutely done for the year. Yeah. Then it would be like, oh, oh, well, we got to do something. we got to do something now to at least give us a chance this season. So, mm-hmm. uh, but ho- hopefully that's not the case. They're saying that he'll, he could very well make it by week one. Definitely by week two is what they're expecting. Uh, and Quentin Nelson, which was another guy who was in the same, uh, had the same injury. They're saying that he's going to be ready for week one. Quentin Nelson himself is saying that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, let's wait and see if those guys truly can get healthy quick enough uh, to be ready to help their team out right away. All right, so but what do you got tech, for your questions here? But we for got the, for the, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts here. We got I got a question: Is the Colts' cornerback position a weakness? Because we know we've seen them last year, and how good this defense really was. I mean, this defense was very underrated to some. Uh, some people gave it, it, you know, the the right accolades as as deservedly so. But some people kind of like didn't even really talk about them that much. Give, didn't give them the the, the proper. Uh, here we go. The proper, uh, you know, the proper accolades as, as they should have. So now we're going into this this defense. Now they did do some changes. Now we, you know, via, via draft they drafted uh, Quiddy Pay in the first round, uh, a defense, a, a pass rusher, a, a pass rushing specialist for them. They're hoping that he can come in day one and, and wreak havoc in the back in the backfield. Uh, other than that, you go to the cor- the cornerbacks. Now cornerbacks changed. You know, they they brought over from the Vikings Xavier Rhodes mm-hmm. uh, and. Last season, Xavier Rhodes statistically, and if you watch the games for Minnesota, he had the worst season of his career last season. It was terrible. It was like he couldn't cover anybody. He he gave uh, he he let wide receivers go run rampant all over his side. Uh, and then you got on the other side, you have a guy by the name of T.J. Carey, who's a little bit of a journeyman, who's been on a couple different teams, trying to find a, a place to stick. And as of right now, he's penciled in as the other corner. So uh, a guy who I don't have complete confidence in, I've seen him uh, in person play for the Raiders, and by God, he's not that good. So uh, if this is the corners that you're going with into the season, Xavier Rhodes, who's getting up there in age, and TJ Carey, who has never been able to land a starting job until now, it looks like, 
this is going to be a, a, a dramatic disappointment, I, I feel like, for their secondary. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, it's, it's a big-time weakness for me. Uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised because they did draft in the second round in 2019, Rakia Sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rakia yeah. started last year and played pretty darn well. He was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's moving So down. Uh, I don't see how he's not the starter at this point. I think that he deserves to be. And then we all know that the Colts have done a great job of developing young players and bringing them up to uh, in the starting ranks. So maybe, hopefully, on TJ Carey's side, or, or maybe Rocky Sin could take that over. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I, I don't know what the thinking is here, but we're going to have to find out. Now, I don't think this question could be really answered in this. It's for a future tense, but I think okay. this particular question I'm going to ask here mm-hmm. is probably one of the biggest questions that is lurking on this team here. And okay. was Carson Wentz the right move to make for this team? You know, looking at the injury now he had just uh, suffered mm-hmm. well, the past seasons here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Time will tell now. This season, I think people are going to be keeping Carson Wentz under a microscope here and following every little thing that he does and waiting for him to slip up any little step that he does here. Here's the thing about Carson Wentz. And do I think it's the right move? Absolutely. Uh, Because you got to remember, Colts needed a quarterback. And... They weren't they weren't in the in the realm of being able to draft one of these studs this year in the draft, and they would have to tr- definitely trade up mm-hmm. to get somebody. So, uh, f- this is the avenue they wanted to take because here's the thing: is familiarity is is Frank Reich knows Carson Wentz and knows him so well and worked extremely well with him as an offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Wentz that was the last time Wentz was super successful in his, you know last time he was successful in his career. In his yes. career. So. Yes. Um, you bring Carson Wentz over because you got familiarity, you got chemistry, you, you know each other well, you know how each other talk, the language and everything, and Wentz does already know his offense. So do I think it's the right move? Absolutely. Obviously, we all know that the elephant in the room is that he has to stay healthy, and that's really going to be the, the, the sticking point for him is if he can stay healthy this season, we already know he's been injured already, uh, but and when he comes back, He's got to stay healthy, has to, absolutely has to stay healthy for the rest of the season. Uh, And if he can do so, I think this is going to make a a big difference for Frank Reich and his offense. All right, so what what other questions here do you have for Uh, the Indians? One other question I have for them is, uh, will Jonathan Taylor, the running back, Mm -hmm. or Carson Wentz be the reason for the Colts' success this season? Uh, And it could go either way. It really could. But I'm going to put all my push all my chips in the middle of the table and say it's going to be all Jonathan Taylor. And this is the reason why. Is because we've seen what Taylor could do in his rookie year last season. It was pretty impressive. What? And that was with a team that was kind of spitting and sputtering in the passing game. Even with Phillip Rivers. He, he threw, you know, he, he made his fair share of mistakes last season throwing interceptions and, and, and kind of stalling out drives and what have you. And Jonathan Taylor was the absolute consistent weapon on that offense and carried them to a couple of wins by himself so i think the same kind of scenario but if Wentz can stay healthy you'll have a little bit better quarterback play in this offense but taylor all through and through is going to be the bell cow taylor is going to be the guy that's going to run the ball between the tackles it's going to be able to you can dump the ball off to him and he's going to pick up those blitzes like i feel like he's going to be the 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 centerpiece for this offense that's going to really drive them uh, to a lot of victories himself. 
Uh, I think they've been fairly successful with uh, multiple running backs that they've had uh, because of the injuries of Marlon Mack, and now you see why he has moved down uh, the, the charts, and now they go and get Jonathan Taylor, which was a great pickup for them, he, and he's going to do great for them, absolutely mm -hmm. be a, a good uh, workhorse for them, uh, or like you like to call it, maybe even the bell cow for this team. <laughs> but I think all success ends and starts with Carson Wentz because that's the thing. They, they've needed their quarterback to be there that could play efficiently. Um, you know, we had the aging uh, Philip Rivers, who, again, was just turning the ball over too many times. Carson Wentz, who was in a team that seemed like he had already given up like in the fact that, like, I don't trust anybody. I'm running for my life. I have to make everything happen by myself. Mm -hmm. He felt like in the Aaron Rodgers type of role. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I got to try and do this, try this. And he wouldn't go down because he's well, fighting for every little right. yard. He exactly. felt like he had exactly. to do this. If he could just take a step back but here, to be just fair. relax and stay behind that offensive line, and he could have success with this. And I think if he is successful, that's what this team needed to go and get that next step and be further. So I think it all goes. I know I understand a great running game, and I think Jonathan Taylor is going to step up and have a better season this year. Mm -hmm. But I think all the whole team, the ship steers all by Carson Wentz. And to be fair, you got to remember when he was playing for the Eagles his last couple of seasons, he had no offensive line. He had very little weapons to throw to. So he was, and it goes along with what you're saying, he was pressured to take off and run. Mm -hmm. But the simple thing is being smart enough to get out of harm's way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really what it comes down to. So hopefully with Frank Reich's you know, coaching style and his demeanor and how he handles Carson Wentz, hopefully he can get that drilled through his thick head mm -hmm. this, this season. Absolutely. Uh, we have a quick announcement to make. Smoky Bones is going to be the home for Monday Night Football here over here in Albany with us and uh, Godzilla Media. We will be doing a couple shows here for Monday Night Football along with our counterparts here that belong to Godzilla Media yes. in upstate New York. That's right. Uh, so make sure you guys go to Smoky Bones Monday nights. We will be there. I think it's like 6.15 to 8 o'clock or so right before the, the game is about to get started. Come on down, chill with us, hang yes, out, yes. get some swag. Probably we'll have some stuff there. Say hi. Have a drink with us. Absolutely. Have a We're good all time. about doing drinks Let's down go. there. So, and enjoy the get game. So there you go. Smoky Bones, your home for Monday Night Football. All right, moving on, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right, the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and Urban Meyer, who... I despise, but uh, uh, he despises. He, yeah, but I think he's going to fail epically here too. So I, and I'm hoping for it. And right now, it's looking pretty good for me. We'll see, though. You know, he's got, you know, the franchise quarterback there. Yeah, the and guy, guy he looked like he hasn't even coached so, yet. You're I know. Already well, saying he's decisions, a I, decisions he's making, I'm just not agreeing with. Which is, I think it was a good decision me, to cut like Tim Debo. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. His best one he's made so far. But why bring him in? Yeah, we already heard. You we know, know. maybe he did that. But here you go the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe, what do you got? <laughs> what limitations does does the Jacksonville Jaguars have? Jaguars offense have <laughs> Jaguars. Here we go. So uh, we're not going to do the whole Jaguars deal here. But right. uh, what limitations does their offense have? And here's the thing: is Obviously, what you can really point to right now is their quarterback situation. It, it, it's got to be a question mark. Like we all see, we've all seen Trevor Lawrence in his college days in Clemson and how successful he was there. But sometimes he made some mistakes. And in the NFL, the next step up, the big stage, there's going to be a lot more asked of him. He's got to be very diligent and and smart with the football. Cannot just kind of try to force throws. And um, and throw it to the, the the wrong read or what have you. Uh, so 
he, it's going to be mostly on him. That that's really kind of where the limitations are. And you you could say like, oh well, you know, what about the the receiving? Well, here's the thing: is I really do expect a guy by the name of Lavisca Chenault to step up big time in his second year as that slot receiver. Um, really kind of played extremely well down the stretch, and I look for him to build upon that uh, this upcoming season, along with guys like DJ Chark, uh, who is the number one receiver uh, for them, and. Hell, he, he and he's not a bad number one to have. So uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think that they're going to heavily lean on guys like that to uh, help out Trevor Lawrence. And now they finally have a healthy offensive line uh, for the first time in a couple of years. So um, hopefully that does turn into better pass protection for Trevor Lawrence to give him a little bit more time uh, to diagnose plays and to be able to throw it. But for me. Um, Running back is not a question. We already seen what James Robinson did last year. Uh, so, and they also brought in Ohio State favorite Carlos Hyde uh, to back up Robinson as of right now. So that's kind of like a nice one-two punch there. Uh, and, and all in all, I, I think that the, the whole wow. thing is going to just be about Trevor Lawrence. It has to be. We all know that's like the most prominent position, obviously. But for hit, for this offense to get better, to be more successful for this upcoming season, it's all on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Again, and, and looking at the the wide receiver core that he has here, um, you know, what's the limitations? Uh, it probably it's got to be even in them at this point. I mean, just because uh, even that's not even much, I guess, actually, when you take a look at it. So uh, when you look at offensive limitations, I don't know if they really even have one at, at this point because, again, you got to take a look. Uh, maybe it's, tight end. Tight end? I'd say, yeah, I'd say tight end. All right, there you go. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. James O'Shaughnessy's pretty good. Yeah, he's okay. Um, he's pretty good. He's okay. You'll see. But, um, all right. Uh, but, You'll again, see. wide receivers, you know, they got some okay guys there, too. I mean, so I'd say even wide receiver maybe, too. I like the Visca Chenault, like you're saying here, too, GJ Shark. But, again, Marvin Jones, he had his stint in, in Detroit where he did, like, uh, had it, like uh, his best years a couple of years ago, but since then hasn't been too healthy and very productive. Um, so maybe a, a spot there. Uh, but like you said, also as well, James Robinson coming in here. You've got Travis Etienne, who they said they maybe were going to try out a wide receiver, but then also their running back looks really good for them. And now uh, Trevor Lawrence throwing the football to him. So that I mean, to me is a, the one sore that, thumb that sticks out. Is it really going to for be, them to do it? Really going to be based on how fast oh, he can absolutely. develop? Yeah. Uh, so because I could say. Uh, I, I actually, when I was looking at it, their offense isn't that really bad, like right, position right. by position. That's what's so kind of funny looking at your only but. the only thing that kind of really sticks out to me is is where, however Trevor Lawrence plays. Like, does he doesn't have to be the, the elite guy right away? He just has to manage the game right now in his first year as a rookie. Mm -hmm. uh, listen, if he's anything close to like Justin Herbert was in his rookie year, I'd say that answers all the questions right there. Uh, but we still have not seen him in an actual NFL game. So until we do, we can't pass judgment. Mm -hmm. All right. So for me, I guess then when you take a look at it uh, and you look at this offense, I bring up running backs. Uh, the question for me is uh, who will be the feature back back there then? I mean, James Robinson lit the league on fire with his rookie year and, again, came out of nowhere. People didn't really see this really happening for them. Mm -hmm. But now you go and draft for your first pick in the first round here uh, after a second pick. You know, second, after yep. Trevor Lawrence, you get Travis Etienne to help him out, former teammate along with him, alongside of him. Mm -hmm. So how involved is he going to be? Probably a lot. But is who's going to be the feature back? Or are they going to just split time evenly? I think it's uh, hands down James Robinson will be the featured mm -hmm. running back just mm -hmm. like last year. Uh, the reason why they brought Travis Etienne is, is because – 
they wanted a different style of running back. So a guy that they could be able to throw the football to more often uh, out of the backfield or even across to the middle of the field, little dump-offs, and let him take over in the open field. So uh, Travis Etienne, definitely going to be a big part of this offense, but I feel like he's going to be more in the receiving game than he than he is with the, with the, the, the handing off of. So I think it's going to be a combo between James Robinson and, and Travis. However, I think Robinson gets the bulk uh, of the touches. All right, so what else do you have for the questions for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. All right. All right. Uh, so the last thing I have is, is the Jaguars defense underrated? Uh, and we, we know that they kind of taken a, a little bit of a decline last year because they were trying to figure some things out. They had to fill some holes and what have you. But now into going into this offseason, uh, they had a lot of money to, that they were able to spend, and they also drafted uh, pretty darn well in this past draft, having a lot of uh, later-on picks that they could get better depth with. Uh, and you look at their, their defense, uh, they still have Josh Allen, who, who did a, had double-digit sacks last year in his rookie campaign, mm-hmm. and, and or two years ago. And then uh, now you're looking at uh, little free agent additions that they made. Uh, Devon, uh, Devon Hamilton, who was a backup last year, now gets rotated into the starting lineup. Definitely looks the part at D tackle. Also, you got guys like Malcolm Brown. Uh, and a, one of the underrated signings, I feel like, is Roy Robertson Harris, who came over from Chicago, the Chicago Bears. And he was kind of on a rotational basis with Chicago. But man, when he was in there, he was really dialing it up. He was really uh, creative. But again, this has got to be a little bit concerning, you know, for him and his family, uh, even though he loves to do, loves to coach. I think a last all season, but maybe at the end of the year, maybe he rethinks things. Yeah, it could be. Again, it might be on his uh, decision there. I don't think he's going to get pushed out because, again, no. it's your first time in there. College coach, uh, you were uh, very, uh, um, I don't know, not just popular, but you were very successful as a college coach too. Mm-hmm. Finally make your break into the NFL. And usually it's leave on your own terms. You don't get fired. So we'll see what happens uh, with that team. Boy. Just stay tuned. But there we go. We got Mike Tackett in the house with us tonight. All right. He says, uh, do you guys, did you guys see all those uh, purchased Tim Tebow jerseys from NFL shop? And they are not covered by their Jersey assurance program, allowing them to return their Jersey for full refund or exchange because it doesn't cover players getting cut or retiring. Ah. That $120 Jersey (laughs) for a one game preseason uh casualty isn't looking too hot right now i mean that is wait, amazing wait a second did pe- people actually bought tim tebow jerseys uh, yeah exactly. like as soon as he got signed that's a thing like you go out run right out there and get oh, i love tim tebow i'm getting yeah, his jersey yeah, yeah yeah i just don't yeah i mean i wouldn't though either i mean either say i even gotten a, a got daniel it. jones jersey don't, yet don't you, you know i'm not I mean, i'm waiting until it's like yeah the questions are answered already wait. Wait, don't, I'm not going to get a Tebow jersey, but you know the fanatics don't you are need fanatics. To wait at least till the the 55, 55 man roster is announced. Yeah, like yeah, to see who actually to. makes it. Like there was no guarantee Tebow made it. Mm-hmm. People were buying his jersey. That's just crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. But that's the way Tebow fans are. You know, they're 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 nuts. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll still get on the uh, roster somehow, not as a player, but or even on the staff as like the the um the preacher for the team. You never oh, know. You know yeah. how about that, right? You know, right? You never yeah. know. What, what, what's that called? Even they, they, but they have them. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe say a prayer for the games. Get everybody motivated. Who Reverend. Knows? Yeah, yeah, 
but Reverend uh, Tim, Reverend Tim, but maybe uh, also he'll just go back to the SEC network or something too. So he's, he's yeah, got he could, options. He has yeah, options, he could go right? back, go back to doing his uh, right, announcements right, or so whatever. Here we go. Mike Tackett's here as well. It says uh, Tebow was the league best selling jersey for about two weeks. <laughs> there you go. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it is. It, it's just amazing. It's like some pe- oh, some people this, this the fans follow and and they, they'll just but, sell. You know what? <laughs> $120 to buy a, a guy that most likely wasn't going to make the team anyway. people like him. He's a likable guy, so people want to uh, believe in him and, and then also just support him, too, as well. Uh, I know the, the Jaguars, they probably really benefited Jaguars. from this. Getting, you know, I don't know how much they get a cut if I, they do, if they sell some of those jerseys for those particular players. I, I like NFL players, too. I, I, I like players, too, but I'm not going to buy a Jaden Mickens jersey who who's not even on on the team now like i'm not gonna buy it before you even see the 53 55 man roster. right right like that's a little crazy to me like you buy yeah. a a practice uh a practice jersey a guy that's not guaranteed to make the team that's crazy and you spent 120 dollars i mean listen we're talking about practice exactly tell him out that's right not a game not a game tell him not a game we're talking about Ooh. practice that's right crazy yeah, I don't know. Fans are fans. It's short for fanatics, so that's why. Anyway, all right. Anyways, on. moving on to the Tennessee Titans, right? That's it. There you go. You are correct, sir. All ding, right, ding, ding. Tennessee Titans. Boom. Got it right. All right. All Let's right. Go. What do you got now for the, for the <laughs> questions for the Tennessee Titans, Joe? All right, so my first question I have for them is, did the Titans improve their pass rush enough here? Uh, so that was been a, a big kind of, you know, problem for them in, in the recent recent seasons is that they just didn't have enough pass rush. They didn't have enough guys to, to get after the quarterback. They struggled mightily with it. And last season, I actually expected their defense to get better last season. Instead, they went the other direction. And, and, yeah, they I, did. and I really can't figure out like you could say, OK, yeah, they had injuries. You know, Malcolm Butler was injured last year for them. Uh, Adoree Jackson was another corner of theirs, a starting corner that was out for the season. So both those guys are missing both their starting corners, but mm-hmm. where's the pass rush? Uh, so now you look at them this year and they, and they made, they made an effort uh, this off season. They bring over a guy by the name of Danico Autry from the Colts, who was their starter, a guy who uh, is a pretty good darn four, three D end who can play against the run and the pass. Uh, very strong dude. Uh, they also bring over a guy by the, everyone knows Bud Dupree mm-hmm. from the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy who had double digit sacks last year for the Steelers, um, despite having TJ Watt on the other side. Uh, this guy can ball. This guy can get after the quarterback. He's definitely going to um, wreak havoc in the backfield and, and break up some plays, stop some runs uh, for them. So uh, that this is kind of where I'm looking at because they do run a, uh, a, a like a three, four hybrid type of defense. It's a little bit weird. Uh, but you also got guys like Harold Landry, who was also a guy who was pass rushing off the edge. Uh, you might even see a guy by the John Brown also rushing. Uh, but I think it's really going to come down to guys like Bud Dupree and Danico Autry that are going to play, uh, play a big part of this team. Also, you got to remember is Jeffrey Simmons, who's in his uh, third year uh, as a D lineman. He started to really come on strong last season. So a multi, uh, you know, a combination of these three, I think are going to play huge dividends for this defense. And I do, in fact, think that they've improved their pass rush enough to help out their their fellow uh, secondary players. Yeah, yeah, I hear you too. Uh, uh, absolutely good. We saw they were struggling last year. They were uh, 28th and 24th against uh, the yardage and, and points here on defense. So struggling at a time where it's just a year prior, they even had some other weapons there on the, on the in this 
secondary too to help out and made it a deep run there where they you know took out the Patriots and things and into the playoffs. Uh, now they're struggling with a little bit of that uh, moving forward, but again, putting somebody like Janoris Jenkins here into the backfield, I'm not really happy about that situation there as well. So they still I think weak get corner at that position. Right here's there. the thing. Here's the thing about Janoris, and I know like he was with your Giants and he didn't play as well for you guys as you would hope. At times he did, but not all, all the time. Uh, Janoris Jenkins plays extremely well in, in, a, in, a, in a like a, a cover two, cover yeah, three zone defense. Right. Exactly, and, this, and that's what this is where he fits into this Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans defense. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, they also have a young, younger stud uh, opposite in Christian Fulton, who is now finally getting his his due at corner. Uh, very young kid who looks like he wants to. You know, obviously, he's going to want to prove himself uh, this year and and show everybody that he does definitely deserves that starting role, along with other young guys like Amani Hooker, who's coming on at safety, and Kevin Byard, who's an All Pro safety. Uh, to help out the secondary. So I think all in all, their secondary is stronger than last season. Uh, and, and that in turn, listen, you need a pass rush to help out your secondary, no matter how good it is. Like, I don't care if you have the best of the best. You have Ramsey uh, on one side and you got guys like Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. Doesn't matter how good your corners are. If they're, if receivers are given enough time to get open, they're going to eventually oh, yeah, get open. Uh, so I feel like with the improved pass rush, it looks like, and the defense that they've uh, assembled or the draft and free agency, I feel like they're going to be, be okay. I just feel like they're going to be all right there. All right, my question for the Titans here now uh, with Arthur Smith going to the Falcons and becoming their head coach, right. Yeah, how different will this offense look? You would expect, hopefully, <laughs> that they would still, again, uh, ride the back of, of Derrick Henry here, at least be a run-first type of game, but they have better weapons here now, you know the wide receiver position where they have Julio Jones yeah. on the opposite side of AJ Brown now as well. Right. Josh Reynolds there too, in the wide receiving position. So who knows, maybe they decide to air it out a bit more though, too, and even alleviate some of that pressure off of Derrick Henry. So what are we going to expect here? So this? I'm just going to say right now, my question, because it's kind of the same thing, right? Uh, you know, so it was about how can the offense get better uh, this season? And it's kind of the same kind of thing that we're going to, be talking about anyway so i was just say it uh they do have a new offensive coordinator obviously and todd downing now todd downing's been to a couple of different teams and has done pretty darn well for himself so far in his career uh now he's getting a chance to be the offensive coordinator for the titans i think this is a good move uh, overall i think this guy is ready to take over he's been a coordinator before so he has experience and he's been successful at it so now he comes over to the titans with todd downing and i know him personally yeah me and him are we go out have a drink every once in a while uh, we've like talked. You. you have balls. I like balls. There you go. See? So, Todd Downing, uh, he's kind of a guy that likes to mix it up. So, I don't think you're going to see Tennessee Titan fans. I don't think you're going to see that heavy bell cow running like Derrick Henry is used to be doing. Like, basically, the offense re- revolved around Derrick Henry here. Give it to Henry. Give it to Henry. Hey, just give it to him one more time. You know, and then they would play off of the run with play action and throw the ball, and that's kind of where the the, the, the passing plays opened up for them. I think now you're going to see a little bit more of a balanced offense. You're going to see Henry still involved, obviously. He's a, he's a definite, he's a pro bowl player. He's a great, uh, great running back. So it's definitely still going to be heavily involved, but I think that they're going to kind of shift gears just a little bit, just enough to throw defenses off. And they're going to be, they'll hand it off to, to, to um, Derrick Henry, but they're also, they also acquired Julio Jones to team up with AJ Brown, that's a nice tandem to have in the receiving core, mm-hmm. along with 
uh, a free agent acquisition, Josh Reynolds coming over from the Rams, who I, I think is a, a kind of an underrated signing. So uh, with those three receivers, now you have a complete receiving core. you got a running back that can run the daylights out and good luck guarding everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I think all in all that this offense is going to be very balanced. It's going to be hard to defend. Uh, so good luck defenses. Yeah, absolutely. You want to talk about getting better. I mean, it's tough when last year uh, points four, they were ranked fourth and uh, yardage. They were second. So and then you, you'll get, you know, with the run is second to a lot of seconds, fourths. So that that offense was pretty outstanding here. Now, what we said, like in hand in hand, Todd Downing there taking over. Mm-hmm. Will they get better? Who knows? Can they get any better? Maybe they'll be first. Then. They- We'll see. I, well, listen, I think, think it'd be at least the same. But some but maybe but stats better, aren't everything uh, too. With the, uh, with the wide receiving core. But stats aren't everything too because some of those stats are skewed a little bit. Because if you go and you look at, they didn't throw a ton, so they were running a lot right, more. Right, so right. when those passes happened and they were delivered and they were caught and everything, which was more times than not, then that stat goes jumping up big time. So uh, now you're looking at a team that's going to take this to a little bit different of a level. They're going to be more balanced, which I feel. Not necessarily, not necessarily statistically might be better, might be two or one, whatever in passing or running, but they're going to be a, a harder offense to to defend definitely right, because they're, they're going to be balanced. more balanced. They're going to be harder to 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 figure out exactly what they're going to do. What they're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. So uh, Joe's going to take a little time here to tell you about our friends at Johnstone Supply here from Troy. Joe, yes, why don't you tell these guys oh, I'm about Johnstone Supply? All right, let's see. I, I want to give a shout-out there to our new sponsor. That's right. Uh, Johnstone Supply in Troy, New York. If you're from the area of Troy, New York, this is the place to go to. Absolutely. If you are looking to upgrade your heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and or more, whatever you got to do in your home, Johnstone Supply in Troy, New York is your place. This month, they are offering up their Fujitsu Duckless Splits. That's right. Fujitsu. Uh, we are talking about an energy-saving, ultra-temp model for your home. Right now, they are carrying the new J-Series VRF systems. These systems will be not only more efficient and flexible for any setup you have in your home, plus in stock they have for just you. That's right, you, right there, sitting there watching this. They have for you the Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for more basic cost-efficient options. Uh, for more information, call them today at 518-272-5922. That's right. Uh, or visit them on 6th Avenue in Troy, New York. Call today or stop by and say hello to our go- our boys, Tom, James, or even Kevin, and tell them you heard about John Stone from us right here from Football on the Know from Godzilla Media. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, love that they're on board. Go check them out for all your heating and ventilation needs. Definitely down there. You're going to like what you see here. And then you got the Fujitsu. That's right. I love the name already. I, I do. Check Isn't this it, thing it's, out. it's such a great name. Yeah. I uh, can definitely use just it. Just one more time. Call them. Call them right now. 518-272-5922. Leave a message. All right. So now we're moving on to the NFC South. And I'm going to talk about the Dirty Birds. And that's the Atlanta Falcons here. We just talked about them and Arthur Smith moving on to them. Julio Jones swapping now to yeah. the Titans. So these two teams know each other a little bit in that aspect. At least they're doing a little swap here, a little wife swap, I guess, here. <laughs> uh, so the Atlanta Falcons here now, Joe, what what kind of questions do you think uh, face the the Falcons this season? Well, I'm not ready for that. You got oh, okay. to do one. All right. Well, I got to do one. All right. So, uh, well, I guess uh, what can we expect out of the offense for me then? 
Um, what can you expect out of this offense with Arthur Smith moving there? He had, I mean, he jumped into that role as offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans um, and was asking for help, you know, because he was mainly you know, like other uh, backup coach for all these different other positional coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was first time calling plays, uh, mm -hmm. doing things like that. So now bust into the head coaching position now. He had Derrick Henry, obviously, to run with, so that was a nice piece to have. Doesn't really have that type of situation there in Atlanta. You, you lose a, a weapon like uh, Julio Jones. You still have Matt Ryan, your franchise quarterback, but he's getting a little longer in the tooth. But you also have Russell Gage and uh, Calvin Ridley there. Though. So, I mean, so you got a, a lot of different give and take here. So what direction do you think this uh, offense is going to go in? Here's the interesting thing is you, get, you remember Arthur Smith, uh, now he's the head coach, so I don't know how much input. Like he's going to have some obviously input. Mm -hmm. He's a he's the head guy, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not 100. Is he going to be calling plays too? Right. On top of being a head coach, like these are some questions we mm -hmm. don't have answers to as of right now. Uh, Dave Vergone, who's now the offensive coordinator that he brings in, um, is he going to be just the guy that's calling the plays, and he's going to be basically calling plays off of Arthur Smith's system? Uh, if that's the case, if it is all in uh, Dave Ragone's hands, then we don't know anything about Dave Ragone calling plays. So I'm just going to go with the so just, obvious. I don't know. To be, well, to be <laughs> honest, I'm going to go with the obvious. It's got to be more balanced. Yes. I mean, this is a team that ha has been heavily uh, a heavy passing team. Uh, you know, they've had Julio. They've had Julio Jones his whole career, pretty much until now. And they, all they used to do with Matt Ryan is throw the freaking football. Mm, they never true. really, they never really had a true running game, uh, despite maybe Devontae Freeman's Freeman prime, in there, his prime. Kevin Coleman uh, was there, yes. You, you know when he was in his prime, yeah, that was that's when they Back had when some Kyle kind Shanahan of a running game. Was there, yes. But but now it's 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 all different. It's all different. Listen, I, I think they really do truly have a featured back in Mike Davis, who they brought over from the Carolina Panthers. I definitely think he could be your 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 bell cow, your your go-to guy in the running game for sure. We've seen what he could do with the Panthers in limited fashion as a starter, and their offensive line has gotten better. Listen, they were banged up last year. Now that now that they're all healthy again, they get a clean slate once again to not only pass protect but also uh, create running lanes for the running back. So. Uh, and you also, like you were just saying, you talked about Russell Gage and uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley now is the number one guy. Julio Jones is out. Ridley is the number one man. I think he can handle it, definitely. We've seen what he can do as a number two. Number one, I think it's going to be no, no problem at all. Uh, Russell Gage is a nice compliment to him, though. Uh, mm -hmm. At number two, now finally given a, a chance Played to well be last year. a full-time starter. Mm -hmm. um, and there's another guy that I'm going to mention because their receiving depth isn't crazy deep after that. Uh, they do have some guys that are up and coming. Uh, guys like I'm going to try to pronounce his name as uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, yes. Uh, he's That's a guy a who he, he's a guy that has shown promise last season, very limited fashion, but has has definitely shown people that maybe he could be another guy to slot into that uh, slot role. Uh, another journeyman that they have on there is Tajay Sharp. I don't really know if he's going to see the field that much, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and Christian Blake, who they're hoping that he can also be a contributor as well. All right. So then you were talking about the offense here. Now, how different could it be? So one other question I have now is a potential. I mean, it, like you said, Calvin really has got to be the number one guy. Russell Gates played really well. But mm -hmm. you go and draft Kyle Pitts for a reason here, not only just you oh. know, tight end position, but you already have Hayden Hurst there as a full tight end. But you want that receiving type of weapon. So just so throw it out there so for uh, maybe just a, an option. Uh, will – 
Pitts be the leading receiver for this team, you think? It's possible. It's definitely possible. And here's the thing. Kyle Pitts, when he was drafted as a tight end, he's really on a whole other level himself. Uh, the guy is so athletically gifted. I mean, his size shows your tight end. Mm-hmm. But what he can do with his size is absolutely amazing. Uh, he runs like a, an absolute wide receiver. He's a gigantic guy, but runs like a wide receiver and handles himself like a wide receiver. Uh, you can literally line him up. In Florida, the Gators have done this in college. They've lined him out wide. They put him in the slot. They put him at tight end. They moved him all over the football field, which is something that I could see Arthur Smith and his coaching staff do with, with their offensive game plans week to week. Uh, he's not going to be held into the confines of just playing that tight end role. Um, and, and as far as Hayden Hurst goes, he is another receiving type of tight end as well. Mm-hmm. And we all seen it back with Tennessee. Arthur Smith likes to run double tight end sets at times. So that's definitely going to be part of their offense as well, where you're not going to know where the ball is going to go. If it does go to one of these tight ends, it could go to Hurst one play, the next two plays, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, where's he lined up? Oh, he's in the slot. Now it's going to go to him. So very gifted athlete. I definitely think he's going to be a huge contributor in his rookie year this season for the Atlanta Falcons. And I, and like I said before, is he's going to be a, a chess piece that they move all over the football field, get him, get him put up against, you know, we, uh, uh, weaker defenders and expose them. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think that Pitts is going to be, uh, it's a possible, it's yeah. possible that he does, right. but it's going to be hard for, for him to overcome Ridley. I, I feel like that's going to be kind of like the, the thing where Calvin Ridley is going to be the guy that gets the most yards, you know, maybe not mm-hmm. touchdowns, maybe Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts leads him in touchdowns because mm-hmm. uh, he's a big body, but uh, all in all, that's going to be a nice competition to watch. Absolutely. So what else do you have for the Atlanta Falcons here, Joe? Oh, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, I have, um, I just got the defense. The uh, I did. I had I had one thing about the defense. Uh, but what since we're talking about offense, I want to do one more thing here. Is uh, what could we expect from the Falcons' offense to look like? And that's gonna we've already kind of covered, covered that. that. So yeah, uh, yeah, that that just gets thrown out the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I think it's gonna be. Uh, obviously, it's gonna be more balanced. I feel like I I don't know how much how much we're gonna see like in terms of of plays being called by Dave Ragone. And that's something that I guess we're going to have to wait till week one to, to see just exactly how this offense is going to go. Uh, but all in all, I think with all these weapons, with Mike Davis in the backfield, with the receiving weapons that you have, drafting Kyle Pitts, I mean, it has it, it just screams being balanced. Uh, so that's what I what I think is going to end up happening. And take some pressure off of Matt Ryan, for God's sakes. Don't have him throw the ball 40,000 times a game. Uh, so that that definitely has to be part of it. Uh, my other question that I have for them is, can defensive coordinator Dean Pease uh, improve this defense, which has been struggling for like the last six seasons? I mean, it's been terrible. I mean, this is a team that it's not like they don't have talent on the on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, for God's sakes, they got Grady Jarrett, who's one of the best D tackles in the game, doesn't really ever get talked about. Um and we know that he's that he was coming off an injury before, but uh, definitely is healthy again, ready to go. Deion Jones, a middle linebacker that doesn't get enough, you know, uh, claim to fame. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy who is a great, and I mean great, linebacker in the middle. Uh, and, and it's like it begs a question. Now you got a new D coordinator coming in, Dean Pease, right? So he has history with the Baltimore Ravens, and we all know how good the Ravens are, right? You know, so they they've done a a, a great job of building that that organization building that defense and um and really being uh you know making the right moves with personnel 
and developing uh, into that defense. I kind of see a similar role here for Dean Pease. I think it's not something that's too big for him. And and when you look at their defensive line right now, like that used to be like had some holes in it. Uh, yes, you still have Grady Jarrett there, but I actually think that they bring over a guy who played for the Saints, uh, Tyler Davison, who was kind of like a backup for, for the Saints for a little bit, got some playing time. But, man, this guy can definitely wreak havoc as a D tackle. And then uh, they bring also bring over a guy by the name of Jonathan Bullard, who's kind of like an unknown name. But he he's going to show some people that he deserves to be talked about uh, coming on over from Seattle. Another kind of under-the-radar uh, talent that Seattle has had for uh, a couple of seasons. He comes over now to, to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Definitely going to help him out. And other than that, now you have on the opposite sides of Deion Jones, you have some young linebackers that still got to prove themselves. We know that they can rush the passer off the edge, but can they be able to handle the pass defensive game? Can they get in the right spots in zone coverages and defend the pass? So that's something that they still got to work on. And then their secondary, and this is a secondary that's been worked on year and year in and year out, and they just seem to just spinning their wheels. Uh, but A.J. Terrell was out all last season, a guy who sh showed promise as a rookie in 2020. Now I think that he's going to uh, definitely blow up this year and help this defense out, along with guys like Fabian Moreau coming over from Washington. So do I think they got better? Yes. How much better they got? Time will tell. Because you can put all the different type of free agents on, on a new roster and say, hey, we made this team better but it's all about chemistry and, and executing the defensive plays the way they need to be. So if they can do that, I think they'll be good enough to at least help uh, get, get the offense, the ball back. Yeah, I know. And what was happening there uh, with Dan Quinn and as they started to struggle more and more every season, I don't think you can get much worse as what they were at one point anyway. So it can only get better. So <laughs> you can only could have probably just answered it just as quick as that. But all right, so now let's move on to the uh, Carolina Panthers now. They were making some moves over the uh, the, the offseason. Uh, one of the big moves here is getting uh, Sam Darnold here now, Joe. Uh, now the big question, I guess, for them uh, is Darnold going to be the answer for them then, right? I guess, you know, if you take a look at uh, they had Teddy Bridgewater, and he was uh, fairly successful for them. But, again, too many turnovers for their liking. Again, I think he was somewhere uh, near almost uh, like 50. 15, 16 like, touchdowns and 11 interceptions or so. Um, just again, he wasn't really the guy that was going to take over. I think they grabbed him to see kind of be a stopgap or see what they had of him, see if he had anything left in the tank because you did see him in positions uh, there with the, the Saints uh, being able to lead a team uh, uh, for a bit, but they wanted to try and get uh, what they could out of him. Now they go and pull the trigger on uh, Sam Darnold away from the Jets and he gets a fresh start out yeah. of out of New York, where it's you know the big city. The people think it might be a little better uh, situation for him. You know, not all the the glitz and the glam and, and mm -hmm. the pressure on him to to perform. Um, and he's reunited, you know, with some buddies too. There, you know, uh, and I think overall a better situation. He's got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield as well. Uh, so again, is he finally. the answer? Who knows exactly? Still, but it's another team that's taking another chance on him. A fresh new start. And we'll see moving forward. He has better weapons than he did in, in New York. So 
it, you would think that he if this it was his time he would get better along here with the the Carolina Panthers. And that's the thing with Sam Darnold is is he the answer at quarterback? You know that that that's always been the the, the question about that's been him. The question for the last since, couple of years since I guess, he's right? been with the Jets. Absolutely, you know they were still asking that question up to when he left the Jets. So uh, when he was traded. So I mean, here's the thing: is for Sam Darnold, he didn't get a fair shot in New York. He just didn't. Like he he had, you know, he had his fair share of injuries that kind of he missed some games. And when he came in, you got to remember, too, is when he was the rookie quarterback for this Jets organization, they didn't have anybody to, to throw to. They had no weapons. They had no I mean, they had Le'Veon Bell at the time, but that's all they really had. They, they had Jamison Crowder in the slot and Le'Veon Bell running the football in a terrible offensive line. Yeah. What do you expect from a quarterback to do with that? Not much. The guy got buried. He got sacked a lot of times. He, he made some uh, poor judgment throws because he was trying to just make something happen, for God's sakes. Uh, now, uh, you fast forward it to, to this point, and once he gets traded from the Jets, it looks like they just decided to like, hey, let's work on the offensive line. Hey, let's get more receiving weapons in. Hey, let's get a running back behind us. They drafted Michael Carter in the draft to, to, to be their potential starting running back. They've revamped this offensive line all, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then and then they add receiving weapons as soon as they get rid of Darnold. Mm-hmm. So it's like now they're now they're gonna basically say, hey, let's guess what? Darnold was the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, right. No, it, he wasn't the problem. You guys just finally woke up and, and, and made the made your offense better. So now that Donald listen, and it was fun, it was funny, it was really funny that Sam Donald, when he got traded, Darnold yeah. when he got traded. Yeah. He had a big smile. Yeah. Like he he showed up to the, the Carolina Panthers stadium and he had this big smile. He's like, ah, I think this is my home. You know what I mean? Like, so he and he got traded to a better team, a better organization, a better team, a young team, a team that is second in terms of average age. They are, for God's sakes, on average, they are 24 years old. The whole team on average, 24. So he gets traded to a young team, gets reunited with Robbie Anderson. An, Oh, it feels so good. Uh, and you also got guys like DJ Moore, who he's going to be able to throw to. He's got Christian McCaffrey, like you mentioned before. A guy that he's going to be able to del- deliver the football out of, out of the backfield, hand it off to him, a better offensive line to help protect. How could you not love this? So for the Carolina Panthers, I, I think they've kind of, just like you were saying before about Teddy Bridgewater, I, I feel like he was just a stopgap guy. And they knew that eventually they were going to have to find their guy. An opportunity arose. And they seized it. They bring in Sam Darnold. He's going to be the franchise quarterback and grow with this very young team. And let's see what they can do in his first year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so taking a look at the, the roster here now, what, what kind of questions here do you have for the, the Carolina Panthers? Now, uh, one other question I have is, uh, what's the one thing the Panthers are still in need of? Uh, and, and we already kind of talked about how the ages. And this is yeah, kind of yeah, where yeah. I'm going with it, is, mm-hmm. is because they're such a young team. The one thing that kind of can stand in their way is experience. Not not a lot of these, a lot of these guys have enough experience to to go deep yeah, into the correct. season, to, to to you know to know how to to um, week to week handle their their, their professional uh, you know week to week game plans. And uh, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to downplay them like they're they're too young. They don't know what they're doing. But what I'm trying to say is like when they do in fact reach if they reach the playoffs this year. Experience plays a, a big part. When you make the playoffs, it's a whole different season. So that's when experience takes over. And these guys just 
as of yet don't have that kind of postseason experience that if they were able to make it say for some unknown reason they win the division you know what i mean shocks everybody win the division or in the playoffs or even if it's a wild card now experience takes over i don't think they have that factor in them as a team uh i think they're so young to the point where like they might be overwhelmed when they do make the playoffs because it is very different how they handle themselves, how they, uh, you know, execute their game plans. Because at that point, it's sudden death. You know there's no other week if you lose. You're mm-hmm. done. So it's a different uh, mindset. It's a different way of, of playing the game. It's a different way of game planning. Uh, so that's where I think is the, the one thing where they're lacking is experience. But uh, all in all, other than that, they are extremely young team. They are going to grow together. They're going to develop chemistry together, and they could become very dangerous really soon. Yeah, absolutely. So then I even uh, poised the question here for me when I was taking a look at it and some of the moves that they made to go and draft K- uh, J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Hassan Reddick there now. Yeah. So now take a look at this defense and how they performed last year. Do you think now they can crack the top 15 here for defenses for this team? 100%. I mean, this is the biggest thing for the Panthers is like we all know that they had, you know, little holes here and there. Like they didn't have a corner opposite Dante John uh, Jackson. Uh, so they were missing somebody there. Now they draft J.C. Horn who not only fits their defensive scheme to a T, but is a very physical guy who does not give up anything. Uh, so, listen, I, I've seen him play with South Carolina, and he was like white on rice in terms of, of corner playing against receivers. Like, the guy just doesn't give you inches. He's all over you. Now, uh, other than that, we also know that they are a very young team, and with that, they, they have a lot of players that are up and coming. So you look at a guy like Derek Brown that plays D-tackle. Mm-hmm. Definitely a guy who was well worth the first-round draft choice in 2020 for them. He wreaks havoc in the backfield. Uh, you have Brian Burns, another first-rounder in 2019 for them to come off the edge, who gets after the quarterback. He had a successful season last year. Uh, they bring in free agent uh, Daquan Jones, um, who he's okay. You know, he's not he's not great, but he's okay. He's serviceable. And then this was an interesting addition to me on the D-line is Morgan Fox comes over from the Rams, uh, a guy who was a kind of a, a rotational like type of a defender for the for the Rams. He comes over and is as of right now in a starting role. Uh, so that's going to be intriguing to watch. I think he's a, a fairly decent player. But um, other than that, they bring in guys like Hassan Reddick, who comes over from the Cardinals, kind of didn't get his fair shake in Arizona was seen more as a pass rusher than a true linebacker. I wonder how they're going to use him here with Carolina, uh, which is going to be interesting. And uh, all in all, I think that their team is ready. They're hungry and they're going to get after it. So I, I think with their depth, along with their young guys that they have in place, I think they could easily be getting the top 15. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we're talking about the AFC and the NFC's biggest questions, uh, the South biggest questions. Uh, well, right now I'm going to give Take a little time to tell you about my friends at Mohawk Honda right there. Freeman Bridge Road, right down the road from where I work. I get to see this place every time when I when I go on break, you know, driving by there. And there's dealers out there right now trying to do their best to, to give you uh, whatever they can for a trade. And they're looking for vehicles because there's a shortage in the market right now. And not only would they try and get you on that trade in, they're going to try to put you in wherever they can, whatever they might have in stock on their lot, whatever might be there. Just trying to force the, the, the sale, whatever they can. A little pushy, you hate that stuff, right? Mohawk Honda, 
They're going to give you the money that really you deserve for your trade. And then while you're there, check out the inventory that they have. They have acres upon acres of inventory, Hondas and even other makes and models here. Mohawk Honda also, the Mohawk brand has Mohawk Chevrolet also there too. They have the cars that you need there. Something you want, it's there. They're not going to force you into anything you don't want to be into. They're going to take a look at what you've got, assess your trade, give you the money that you deserve, put you in the car that you deserve and that you want when you go there and take a look at all the inventory they have on their lot. They don't go out of their way to please you, Joe. And they definitely I do. see it all the time. So that's Mohawk Honda. Check them out, mohawkhonda.com. And also just go down to Freeman's Ridge Road. Look at, uh, do you check it Look out? At the inventory, I'm not lying. Man. I see this stuff and it is amazing. So Listen, Mohawk Honda. That's the funny thing, too, is as I've been, I've driven by like plenty of dealerships now. And that's what I kind of do. I kind of like browse to see like what they have. The lots are empty. Yeah. They might have, they might MTNT. have like, they might like have like 12 cars, like, mm-hmm. and they're used cars, they're not brand new cars. Mm-hmm. They're like 12 used cars, like kind of staggered. So it looks kind of like they have, a, oh, have some inventory, but when you go over to Mohawk Honda, those guys, I mean, listen, not only do they aim to please you, but they have the biggest inventory right now than anybody in, in the area. So why wouldn't you want to check them out first? They have the inventory, go there, check them out. They are great people too. They will help Absolutely. you from step one all the way to the finish line. They are there to please you. Yeah, absolutely. And we are talking about the biggest questions for the NFC South. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints here, Joe. All right. New Orleans Saints. What do you got here for the Saints? Well, I mean, the one thing that's the one of the biggest questions right now for the Saints is which quarterback deserves to be the starter week one? Uh, and and this, there's a lot of pros and cons to each guy. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, Jameis Winston have some success been pretty darn good as a starter and then we've seen the other side of Jameis where eh, I don't know if he can be a starter he's throwing a lot of picks he's don't fumbling the football and then you got Taysom Hill another guy who has ups and downs uh I, I listen I know Taysom Hill is exciting when he's on the football field he can run he can do all these different things but to me I kind of feel like Taysom Hill is still more of that gadget type of player a guy who does a lot of different things kind of like back in the days of Cordell Stewart you know, when they called Slash, Slash could play quarterback. He could punt the ball. He could catch the ball. He that, That's what we kind of see from Taysom Hill, a guy that can do a lot of different things. He plays receiver. He plays quarterback sometimes. He plays running back. He plays so, special teams. This guy can tackle, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's another thing. So for Taysom Hill, I still kind of see him as that kind of gadget guy that Sean Payton is going to really like to keep as that gadget guy, a guy, he throws these little wrinkles out there on the offense uh, that, that kind of screws up defenses. So uh, for Winston, listen, he sat behind Drew Brees. You know, he's learned behind Drew Brees before he retired, before he moved on. Uh, now Winston is, he's ready. I feel like, I, I feel like with, with, uh, you know, with, uh, um, with Sean Payton, with his tutelage, with him having a couple of off seasons, learning that Saints offense, learning behind Drew Brees, I think this has really prepared him to be a better quarterback. And listen, a lot of people in Saints in Saints training camp is is definitely have a lot of high praise for a guy like Jameis Winston. So I feel like right now it looks like Winston has the lead a little bit, has the edge, and I feel like he's going to be a better quarterback for them all in all. Taysom Hill, listen, he has talent. But do I think he could be an every-down quarterback? Possibly. I just not 100% sold on him because of all the different things that he does. Uh, but for Winston, I feel like with the time, 
uh, and the effort that he's been putting in. And I, I just, I see a different type of quarterback. I feel, I feel like he's going to be a more patient quarterback than he was in his past. I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to be dialed in and is going to take this very seriously and, and perform well. Did you see that video that was came out of the uh, Saints, I think, working out through the pad drills and like running through the gaps? And they came down to everybody's going. Then Jameis Winston goes in and he hits the pad. It's like, duh, duh. like it's the most uh, out of like everybody else just bull rush through it. And he's like, duh, duh. oh, almost got tackled by the thing. It was hilarious. That's why he needs to stay That's a quarterback. Stay, stay, stay a quarterback and stay in the pocket. Yeah, because you're not Taysom Hill. But uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's why you kind of been waiting for this guy. Again, this guy was picked one overall yeah, in that particular draft. So there's been high expectations around this guy altogether. So, and he's shown you the arm talent before with what, how mm-hmm. many yardage he could put up, you know, and putting the ball uh, deep and in placement where it need to be. But again, right. the decision-making is where the problem is. And uh, turnovers. That, that's where I think some of these, yes, have, has uh, turned into where Taysom Hill was the starter in that one gap where uh, yep. they went through a season without Drew Brees. Real quick. Also, he's never played behind a good offensive line like mm-hmm. this is. This is one of the best offensive lines he's ever played against, played with. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be huge for him. Like he's not going to be able, he's not going to have to be rushed a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's going to have one of the best offensive lines to play behind. He's going to have a, a running back like Alvin Kamara who can bail him out when he needs it, you know, cause we all know that Kamara, even though he's in the backfield, he could just be sitting over there on the sideline. Like, Hey, look, I'm open. And then if you're in trouble, just dump it off to him. Uh, so I feel like the, with the offense, the way Sean Payton works his offense, and we already know he's going to game plan week to week. To, to actually help Winston, no matter what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, again, uh, they've got him, uh, Taysom Hill still penciled in here as the starter, but I don't know. And I saw I, him last year as the starter, what they did, and they were still the, able to be. I mean, we talked about this when he came in. Like, we still thought that he was going to be just that nice gadget spot, and that's how they like to play it. But mm-hmm. when he was in there as a starter, they were still doing uh, fairly well and, and productive. Uh, they might just throw both quarterbacks out in the field at the same time and do something crazy too as well i mean because then right. they're still yeah. able to utilize um, you some hill for what he does and you, you still have J- uh, james winston there now true starter i don't know i'm still rolling with Taysom hill until something changes my mind and here's the thing is but see this is where it kind of gets a little you know crazy here it's like listen i know Taysom hill he he's displayed some pretty amazing athletic mm-hmm. ability uh but as a quarterback he hasn't been really done much you know you, you might have seen a trick play with drew Brees, and then all of a sudden he's got the ball over here and he throws it across the football field to a wide open receiver uh but we've we've yet to see him in a absolute no doubt about it just the quarterback role seen enough from him to do that uh winston we've seen we have tape from him uh yes yeah, some of it's bad but a lot of it was pretty good too in in tampa uh, so I feel like now that you got a guy right here ready to go, a guy that who's been there has experience being a full-time starter at quarterback. Hill's a nice, Hill's a nice story. Don't get me wrong. Definitely a nice story. A guy who's like a gadget guy. Maybe he ends up being the starter. Maybe he doesn't, but I I still think that Winston has more experience and that's, what's really going to kind of carry him over to get that that starting deal. All right. Yeah. Um, Moving forward. What else do you have for these guys for for a question for the saints? The other thing I have, and this is kind of like, I was kind of surprised by this is are the saints still in need of more receivers? I mean, you look at their, their depth chart right now and you got Michael Thomas who happens to be, he's going to be missing time. He's on the pup list and it sounds like he's not going to be back to week seven. So almost Mm -hmm. halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. So you don't have him right now. Uh, Now you got Traquan Smith. You got Marcus Callaway, who was a draft pick in 2020, mm-hmm. who they really do love. 
I, I, I definitely see him jumping up in, into that starting role um, with uh, sub, subtract Thomas out of there. And then you got a lot of guys that maybe they could be the answer. Maybe, you know what I mean? So you got guys like Deontay Harris, who uh, was sprinkled in there last season, uh, a very kind of like explosive type of little type of receiver. Uh, definitely could see him more as like a slot guy. Uh, and you got guys like Ty Montgomery, yeah, who's guys been kind of like a, to make the roster yeah, here. Kind of like a journeyman guy, you know, Chris Hogan and, and, and Kevin White, and Kevin yeah, White yeah, just yeah, got yeah, added yeah, like yeah. two days ago. Yeah. Uh, so you know that they're desperate mm-hmm. when you bring a guy back from the dead like that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing is like, listen, there are free agents still out there that they can bring in and you have time. Like, I know that's only a two or three more weeks until kickoff, but Now's the time to do it. Do it right now. Bring guys in. Like, they brought in Kevin White. Why not bring in a guy like T.O.? We've heard this week that T.O. wants to come back. At 47 years old, Terrell Owens says he can still make it in this league. And some people might laugh about that. Some people might laugh about that. But here's the craziest thing that I learned. Not only does T.O. look in impeccable shape. I mean, the guy looks like he never left the NFL. But also... He still runs a 4-4-40 at his age. Say what? Yeah, exactly. That is absolutely crazy. This guy, and, and, I, and I've seen video. It's not like he was working out with Tyree Kill and I, and I believe like Justin Jefferson or somebody. Like he was working out with a, a couple of receivers, and they actually timed it on video. And they timed Tyree Kill, T.O., and, and I think it was Jefferson on the other side running 40s. And this dude ran a 4-4. It is absolutely insane for his age. I I fully believe him. I believe Terrell Owens could play in the in the in the modern era. I I think he could come back and and make a team. I definitely do. So a team like the Saints right now, maybe they could use some team. Who knows? Maybe that would be the team that would do it. All right. So for one question for me that I have now with this uh, team, because yeah. again, losing Drew Brees, uh, the 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 weapons here, uh, wide receiver, yeah. uh, they have you know a, a, neat, a neat look looking uh, running back room here. Mm-hmm. But will the defense be the strength of this team? Do you think? I don't know. Here's the th- here's the reason why is because they've lost some players on the defensive side. Now you, people may be like, oh wait, they lost Trey Hendrickson. Now, if you don't know who Trey Hendrickson is, he was like the sack leader last mm-hmm. year. Like he was amazing. Uh, so they lose him as as a, a defensive end. He's not there. They re- they put uh, Marcus Davenport in that spot, mm-hmm. but he it wasn't anywhere near close to as good as him. Uh, and then you also lost guys inside on the D line. You got David uh, David Onyemata. Now, as your starting D tackle, you have uh, Malcolm Roach, who I never heard of. So it sounds like he's a guy that's been waiting to be a starter. Now is penciled in right there. And guys that still have to prove themselves. They, they've been on this team. They just haven't been in a starting role. Now they are. Uh, and then uh, when you look at their linebackers, I feel like that's their strength right now. you got guys that re- are returning like DeMario Davis and Quan Alexander resigns with them. So their linebacking core is still intact. And then you go to their secondary, and that's kind of where they also lo- lost players. Like, you, you look, okay, maybe not safety. They still got Malcolm uh, Jenkins. They still got Marcus Williams. They still got Lattimore. But the other cornerback spot is now none other pencil in there is, is Ken Crawley, who lost his job last year, never started for them last season, moved on, went to the Niners, came back to them. And in turn, they've also just signed a guy like Brian Poole, who is was with the Jets and what played predominantly uh, slot corner. So are you trying to potentially push pool out to the outside, which could be disastrous? 
maybe that, you know, his niche is slot. So uh, there's still holes in this defense. So as far as the defense being the strength of, uh, you know, over the offense, I'm not so sure about that. I think they lost a lot of players, uh, you know, on both sides. And, and, and now I still think the offense has to carry this team no matter what. All right. We're talking NFC West or South's biggest questions. We're going to finish it off here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. And they are the returning champions here. Tom Brady goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and promises a championship, delivers. But they already had a loaded team as it is. And now even if you don't get the roster this year, there's some been some players that had left. But a lot of the same guys, and then even some additions, though. They've had some additions. Now, like I said, not a lot of important people left. Nobody so they important. just filled some other spots, you know, you know, in there. And it seems like everybody that, you know, might be on the tail end of their career has been trying to jump on this bandwagon to try and I know uh, I go would. With, with Tom Brady, too, to collect <laughs> one more, or at least their first ring, and him to grab an, another one. So right. uh, what questions do you have for the box, if anything? here for, for Well, that? I mean, here's the thing. It's like this team, like, it was surprising to me. I – Listen, I said on this show a year ago that I'm like, there's no way Tampa Bay can re-sign all these these big-time stars. There's just no way. There's not enough money to go around. I don't know how they did it. I don't know who they paid off. I I don't know what they did, but they absolutely did, in fact, do that. They managed to re-sign every superstar that they had. Chris Godwin, I thought, was going to leave. I thought Shaq Barrett was going to be gone. No way. They re-signed all of them, all of their starters. Rob Gronkowski came back for another year. You know, even Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. who was out there in Frenzy for a while, they're like, ah, just come back with us. And <laughs> they managed to re-sign every important player to this roster, and I'm shocked. I cannot believe. So as far as questions go, there's really not a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can you really say? They had one of the best defenses, one of the best offenses, and they didn't lose anybody after winning the Super Bowl, for God's mm-hmm. sake. So, mm-hmm. um the only thing I could say really is what could derail the Buccaneers from having another successful season. And it starts with Tom Brady. Will we see the same Tom Brady as last season? Will we see a little bit of age uh, in his body? Will he in injuries, injuries happen all the time. If this Tampa Bay team happens to get injured and, and um, it, out of their starting positions, like, Maybe Tom Brady develops an issue with his, which is with, with his throwing arm. Maybe you know something happens with his plant leg. Uh, maybe something happens to uh, you know their offensive lineman or whatever. That's the only thing I could see derail this team is if they stay healthy, they're going to be really tough to to hold back. They really are. They got all the pieces in place, so they're going to be dangerous for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, again, everybody tries to jump on top of this thing and, and be like, oh, yeah, he's dwindling. His, his ball isn't as as deep, you know, and, and things. And, and Chris, well, it's definitely not see as deep. the aging as he's going. And uh, I mean, that's not me. Balls deep. I don't know. Sure. But anyways, Wait, now you really yeah, said, it. Now I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but anyways, uh, but this is a thing we've been watching. And it, but it seems like this particular offseason. He looks a bit different. Maybe he's tanning too much over there, down there in, in too Tampa. Much I'm not sure, but he cream. does look a bit older here and more of that uh, uh, older guy kind of look over it. And um, is it going to be the the year finally that maybe he t- takes a t- stack, uh, tick down here and, and doesn't perform as well? Uh, and it, it would be tough because besides that, you have Blaine Gabbert back there, Ryan Griffin, and they also drafted Kyle Trask here. So, 
not a whole lot of crazy, you know, great players here for the for the quarterback uh, room. I mean, Blaine Gabbert has had some success mm-hmm. with 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 uh, 49ers, 49ers and some other teams. He played but, for Jacksonville, too. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the, he's the guy that drives this whole workhorse. But you know what, though, too, and not only just perform, you know, he's got enough weapons to get it done for whatever he does. He just needs to get the ball to him. Uh, but he basically, if you take a look at this season, was a bigger motivator motivator than really big mm-hmm. uh, player. What he did on the field, right. I think what he did off the field inspired the was players bigger. more. And that was bigger than anything, because mm-hmm. when anything was down, he would pep talk him and tell him, hey, let's go. Let's just get this done. Forget about You're- this. And and there you go. And that's what drove them forward. And that's what all the players continue to say to what you're saying. Here's a story that actually happened in the playoffs. They win a playoff game, right? All of a sudden, all the players that have never won a playoff game before, obviously the young guys like Devin White and and so forth, Shaq Barrett, they drop to their knees and start crying. Tom Brady comes over to him and he pats him on. He's like, hey, stand up. He's like, we're not done. He looked him right in the eye and said, stop crying. He's like, we're not done. This is not the end. What are you crying for? We still got another game to play. So, I mean, right there and then, those players kind of like reacted like, wait, what? He's right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like we're not done. Why? Why am I? I mean, yeah, there were tears of joy, but still, like, stay focused. We got another game to play. This isn't the end. You don't don't break down now. Wait till we win the chip. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, just like you were saying, like off the field, I think he played a bigger part with this team than really on it. Does he look like a bitch? No, <laughs> what when he was crying on the ground, those guys, they probably did. I don't think that's <laughs> the way we're going with that. Uh, anyway, but, what questions do you have now? With so, I mean, guys, so. I mean, there's really like really no questions. I mean, I tried my hardest to come up with something, but you, you can't when you have such a complete team like they do. Uh, injuries was one thing. You know, it could be anybody, any any major contributor goes goes down and, and something like that. That does change uh, the dynamic of a team. But, you know, Here's the thing. At the end of the year, whether they make it to the playoffs, go deep in the playoffs, win the Super Bowl or not, is this the last season we're going to see Tom Brady? Is this the year? Now, if you remember five years ago, he said he wanted to play until he's 45. Mm-hmm. That day is rapidly approaching. And Ooh, by the end of the season, is he true to his word? Like, is he going to be like, ah, win, lose, or draw? This is my last season. Have a good one. Yeah. And well, it- and here's here's my thing. Here's my mm-hmm. take on it. Is I only think he does that if he's broken every record as a quarterback. Because yeah. he's close to Drew Brees, and that was the only yeah, one that yeah. was ahead of him in a couple yeah. of categories. If he supersedes him, and I don't know what other records he has to break, but he's close so to a few whatever individual they are. ones still. But that's what I'm he saying. Has mainly team ones, but yeah, there are a few individual ones he still has. But to it's go. quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, if he if he if he breaks all the quarterback records, I think that's what he's been waiting for. If he is the last guy and he has all those records as just a quarterback, I think he may call it quits. Yeah, maybe. But for me, I mean, that's just fine and dandy. I mean, I understand you'll be able to play that long, and that's a great thing too. But it's just like with LeBron James in the NBA, he started his career really early, right out of high school there. So he's had the longevity to break a bunch of records too as well that other players that didn't start, that long that came out of college and, and played. So if you're playing that long, you're bound to break a bunch of records here I know. and there. So well, that's, I mean, that's the, what I'm I saying. don't think it's that impressive. No, no, it's not about impressive or anything. Well, it's then why a, would he want to stay and just like, well, I finally beat this one. I'm like, all right, great, gotta, grandpa. 
Tom Brady's the, the ultimate job. competitor. Like his whole. Well, sure, it took him whole, this much longer listen, than this guy. Listen, why didn't he retire now? On top, there's no guarantee that they even make it back to the Super Bowl. He don't there's no guarantee that be they win home. it again. <laughs> That's not it. It is. But here's my thing. <laughs> but no, but no. Honestly, like, come on. If you won the Super Bowl last year and and you were and you were thinking about retiring, you mm-hmm. should have retired last season. You're on top. You won the cha- another championship. Mm-hmm. Everybody already views you as one of the best, if not the best quarterback of all time. That's what everyone kind of views you as. So what's keeping you here, Tom? Why did you come back another season? It's not championships. Don't tell me that because mm-hmm. you've won more than anybody can count. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. to me, the only thing, the absolutely only thing that it points to is that he wants to be leading every quarterback record when he retires. That's the only thing that that I could point to. I don't know. Maybe it's the only thing I could say. I mean, could if you want to think about it. But for me, I think it's just he. This is who he is. He likes doing his thing, and I think when he says, "You know, I'm going to hang it up and I'm done," well, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. To be just basic. This is my name is Thomas Brady. Now I'm at home. I have this. Many, I have my <laughs> wife and my kids, and I'm daddy. And this and this. He likes being. Tom Brady, here we go. I'm the greatest of all time. I could go play here and blah blah blah. I know, uh, but I just don't think he wants to be home. But the, I really don't think the, he does. He's, he's, I don't think he's just that homebody type of guy. See, I think I really don't. I think it's different because last season he was talking about how nice it would be home with his family, with his kids, and he loves spending time with his kids and stuff like that. So, uh, which he barely does. That's why he has problems with his marriage. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she even told him there after the Super Bowl. It's like, are you done yet? You know, is this it now? Are you, you know, what else do you have to? What else do you have prove? to prove? What exactly. else do you have to prove? And then he says, "Oh, well, I got one more year I got, to I got prove." More, I guess I got more records to break, dude. <laughs> that's really what. What it are is. you doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it just yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, will Tom Brady be divorced by the end of the season? That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna start betting. I gotta go to Rivers Casino right that's now and start betting on it. No, I don't know. We'll see. Will he get another ring or will he lose his <laughs> other one? The one that matters. You know, what I mean. <laughs> Right? What ring matters to you? The, the six or seven uh, you have on your fingers for, right. for the Super Bowls? Yeah. Or that one? <laughs> you know? So, all right. So, for me, for the question here for the Bucks, then, the only one I would come up with here is uh, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, or even if they don't, uh, will Byron Leftwich finally be considered for a head coaching job? We, we've heard that maybe there was some interested, uh, interesting uh, people interested oh, in them the last was. couple of seasons. Uh, we've been saying this since we probably started this podcast four years ago that he was an up and coming coach. Mm-hmm. We went through the whole ranks. Yep. Now, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They go and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it goes to Tom Brady, and it's all on him. It was nothing to do with Byron Leftwich. <laughs> nothing to do uh, with the team. Nothing, Had nothing to do uh, with the team at all. But. You know, finally now, is he going to be in one of those type of conversations, you know? Uh, and will Tampa Bay just say, hey, you go, go ahead and interview for some, you know, some other jobs here. Um, so that's my question, yeah. I guess. And here's I mean, to me, it's absolutely, is it, without a doubt. I mean, he's been in talks this past offseason. His name was brought up. You know what I mean? Like, there was teams that were interested in bringing him board, interviewing him, but teams didn't want to wait till after the Super Bowl. That's really what it came down to. Teams were just saying, hey, we can't wait forever. And if Byron Leftwich, after the Super Bowl, went and did those interviews, there's no guarantee he takes the job. Maybe he decides, hey, Houston, sorry, I don't want your job. There's too much going on here. I'm out. Or or anybody else. Or even uh, um, Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. another guy who was being brought up heavily. Like, there was a lot of teams lined up to get try to maybe get him in for an interview. And another guy, offensive coordinator, that was in the Super Bowl. Nobody wanted to wait for him, which I fucking don't understand why. 
because uh, if you got guys like Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, after the Super Bowl, interview them both. If it doesn't work out, like teams like Houston, like I thought Houston was one of those teams that definitely could wait forever. That like they were one of those teams that you weren't in a rush. What were you gonna? David Culley's your head coach now. You could have waited till after you interviewed both those guys. If neither one of them took the job, you could have still freaking hired David Culley to be your head coach. You could have waited. So I mean. I think for Byron Leftwich, absolutely. He's going to be in those talks next offseason. Same thing with Eric Bieniemy. We know he was part of it as well. So those guys, they definitely are deserving of becoming head coaches. And I think that they're both going to be head coaches next season. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it for us tonight. We've been going through these Woo! lists, and we're excited True that we division, got them all through. Yeah. In one show. It out. We've been really excited. We've been amped yes. up. And why? It's because we've been drinking Ray's energy, Joe. I'm, I'm empty. Drink. I know. I'm sad. Mine ran out, too, as I'm well. Empty. It's it been doing so good. now. I know. But we, yes. we, we're we proud to be part of Ray's energy. Go to repsports.com. Put in the promo code. Raise them up, and you'll get 15% off your purchase. Yes, that sir. is our promo code for that. We love it. It's sugar-free, zero, everything, just about. I mean, and, and also 30 minutes before your workout, hit it up. You got the energy to, that you need. No crash afterwards. No. Um, and, 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 again, for sugar-free, it tastes great. No no crazy aftertaste as well. But crazy flavors. I that stuff, but crazy flavors too as well. Definitely so. crazy flavors. And no dyes. Like, that's the other thing too is, like, this energy drink has no dyes, no sugar, amino acids, electrolytes. It's got all good stuff for you. Uh, so pick some up. Listen. I'm still energized by this drink, and I only had a half a cup of it. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, And just like Jim said, no crash. But go to repsports.com. That's where you go and get all the raised good stuff. Listen, they don't sell just energy drinks. They sell protein powders. Mm. I mean, pre-workout, post-workout stuff. They sell all Focus kinds of stuff. Pills, yeah. Uh, so make sure you, you reach out to them, repsports.com. Definitely put the promo code in because it helps our show out. Raise them up. Uh, and get 15% off any order you have. Also, they're running promos right now where you can do sampler packs right now. Just enter the uh, promo code, raise them up, and just pay shipping for those those sample packs. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to order cases, go ahead and order cases. If you love it that much, listen, their cases, 30 bucks a case, right? That averages out to be $2.50 a can. That's cheaper than any store you go to and buy energy drinks. Mm-hmm. So why not buy them from Raise? Made in the USA, down in Florida, Let's go. Re- join the Rays Rebellion, become a Rays maniac, and let's go. Yeah, talk about becoming and joining a, uh, a revolution. <laughs> become a know-it-all. Come to our Facebook page. Uh, become a know-it-all there, too. Join us here on uh, Football on the No Show. And also uh, give us a like, too, while you're there on our page, Football on the No with Jim and Joe. And go to YouTube as well. We're also there. Uh, also football on the no show goes, check us out there, subscribe, hit the notification bell and on Twitter too, for latest and greatest updates too. We Joe's out there tweeting nonstop, uh, news too. You don't usually hear over the mainstream media too. good, oh. feel good stories, all kinds of stuff. Check us out on Listen, Twitter. We just posted, underscore, we, no. we just posted a story about the EA Madden covers and how they all came about. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that nobody's really talking about. Uh, but also for anybody out there that follows us on podcast, you like this show. Follow us on any platform that where, where there's podcasts. Oh, absolutely. We are all too. over Spotify the place. All Spotify, right. iTunes, you name it. We are there. Make sure you become a know-it-all. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Join us next week from 8 till 10 Wednesday night for more Football on the Know with Jim and Joe.